Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Your Time with James Sweetman. I'm delighted this week to be joined by a guest, uh, Des Canning. Let me give you a little bit of a background uh, on Des before we get into what I know will be a great conversation. Des Canning is a counsellor and psychotherapist. He very much emphasises a whole person approach when working with his clients. Genuineness, acceptance and empathy are at the heart of his work. Now, let me start with full disclosure here on my part. Des has been my psychotherapist. We've worked together for, I think it was about 12 sessions earlier this year. And as I mentioned in previous episodes, you know, I'd reached a point where I needed some assistance and contacting Des was one of the best decisions I'd made in a long time. There's just something so helpful about having a warm and comforting presence available for support. And Des was there for me, sending me a consistent message of, and an unambiguous message, you know, that I'm seen and valued, maybe at a time when I couldn't get that for myself. So Des, you are so welcome. Thank you for joining me this week. Thank you, James. It's a pleasure. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> now, I know we've got many topics to discuss, but and um, if we start with a bit of background on yourself, Des, because I know you as a skilled and insightful psychotherapist, and in my view, someone who's doing exactly what they're meant to be doing. But let's, let's open with uh, giving the listeners maybe a little bit of your own background, because of course, when we met many years ago, initially, you were doing something completely different. Yes, that's absolutely correct. Um, at the time that, uh, that we met, I was working for a telecommunications company and you were giving one of your inspirational talks um, <laughs> to, uh, to, to a group of, I think we were, I suppose we'd call us, uh, if we're being kind, we'd call us middle management. Right. And I think there was probably upper management too as well. But it was, um, it, that, that was how we, how we connected and I remember then afterwards then um, making contact with yourself because you'd published your uh, your yes, book at that time yeah. oh and, the and book, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was the mm -hmm. book yeah and you very kindly pop popped a, a copy on to me so I suppose at that point when you and I met I was in um, that was around I don't kind of think of the year but I, I, I have I was training at that stage I was training mm -hmm. to be um, to be a hypnotherapist stroke psychotherapist mm -hmm. and um, it it was something that has has always been um, a part of who I am, I think. Um, you know, does, I remember even from school, I remember from secondary school and from any jobs that I've been in, you know, that people seem to gravitate towards me to tell me stuff or to feel felt comfortable enough to do that. And which is interesting because um, my background is I grew, I'm originally from Leitrim mm -hmm. and I, I grew up on a farm there and I'm an only child. So, you know, I would be very much an introvert and I would have been somebody who would have been quite shy. So it, it's, it's always it's always been a, a curiosity to me um, as as to how I have kind of developed this um, or this. I suppose I've developed it, but it's always been part of who I am, having a listening ear and being able to. I suppose, empathize with, with whatever the situation yeah. that comes my way, you know. But yeah. interestingly, at that time when you and I met, I was actually being bullied mm -hmm. in the company that I was working for. Um, my, my manager above me was, um, had, had, I had two years of, um, I suppose, of really, a really, really tough time. Mm -hmm. and, um, it, and, and I suppose one of the byproducts of, of bullying is that 
companies unfortunately don't seem to have the skills maybe not back then and I, and I and i suppose i'm hearing it with clients now as well don't necessarily have the skills or the management to be able to manage situations like that so 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 my birth i suppose into therapy was coming out of something that was a trauma for me and and then stepping into into being a therapist um and I suppose, again, you know, I remember it was an essay that I'd done in, uh, in, in my training was, you know, we, we can't take people further than we've gone ourselves. Oh, right. And, you know, and, and while, I, while I am an advocate of that, um, I still believe that, you know, once there's caring or once there's like, like what your kind words towards me there and in your introduction, um, once there's caring and empathy and someone is prepared to listen to us, um, good things will always happen. You know, yeah. So. yeah, there's something there's I, I agree with you, Des. I think there's something in there as well to do with I think anyone who works in a healing profession has come through difficulties themselves. Um, that's just been my experience. Um, you know, I I was bullied not to the same extent as you. For me, it went back to, to school and uh, um, and there's so many different types of bullying, I think. Um, but the um, but I know that those experiences also shaped me um, some in not so good ways, uh, others in 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 accelerated ways. Uh, but there is something to do with the healed healer, I think, in there as well that allows us to empathize with people who are going through challenges. Gosh, yeah. Oh, speaking absolutely, yeah. Speaking, of course, of, of your work now, and whilst every client is unique, um, you know, with your years of experience, do you find that there's any common themes that come up with people who are, who are coming to you for work days or, yes. or to do some work with you? Yes, James, most definitely. I mean, the common te- themes are self-criticism. Um, self-judgment, critical self-appraisal, which then in turn leads to low self-esteem because uh, I suppose that's what's being, that's the script that that person is, is running in their head. Mm-hmm. And then that creates then anxiety. And then from anxiety, we get panic attacks. And then, you know, it's, that's, they're, they're the common, the most common threads that, that I see on a regular basis mm-hmm. uh, with people. Um, you know, whether it might seem like a cliche, but we are a product um, of our own understanding of where we came from. And that's mm-hmm. the key to it. It's our own understanding of it. So while a parent may inadvertently um, have been, you know, be, be strict or be uh, critical because their mum and dad were felt that the way to motivate their child was to, you know, to be hard on them. And mm-hmm. if, as that transfers down the line with no intent to harm. Now, there is intent, of course, in, 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 in some cases, in many cases too as well. But generally, there isn't intent by, by a parent. And I always say about this room or where I'm talking to you from now, this room is not about judgment or about blame. Mm-hmm. It's about understanding. Mm-hmm. So, 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 the, so the common threads I see are those and they're created by the history of the client in their interpretation of what mam or what dad or what their, whoever their primary caregivers were, because in some cases it can be other people bring up the children or it can be grandparents or, yes. or, or whoever it may be. So, so, so yes. And then what happens then is that that critical voice becomes the client's critical voice mm-hmm. and it becomes their story and it becomes mm-hmm. for them, it becomes their identity. 
Mm. And I suppose my role, uh, James, is to like hold up a mirror and kind of say, look, this is how you're looking at yourself. Is this really who you are? Mm. And 10 times out of 10, they'll say no, but that's who I believe I am, you know? Yes. Um, my, my analogy, I suppose, or my, the way I look at therapy is it's a little bit like panning for gold. So back in the mm. day, they um, scooped up all of the silt or all of the dirt in the, in the river and they sifted through it. And, and the guy could stand there for a week. He could stand there for a month. He could stand there for all of his life trying to find that, that little nugget. And for me, I'm always looking for that nugget, that little piece, no matter how, how difficult it might seem to reflect back to the person and say, well, have you looked at it this way? You see it this way, but is that really, is that really who you are? Is that really what you understand about yourself? And to a man and to a woman, generally people will kind of stop and go, oh, that's not the way I looked at it. And that's, I suppose, the psychotherapy part. That's, you know, something that you and I have, uh, you know, spoken about many times and is, is getting underneath those layers, James, you know, and, and understanding, understanding who we are, not the story of who we think mm -hmm. we are. Um, but sorry, I might digress a little bit, but that, that's... that's not at all, because it's, but, it's, sorry, it's, I remember when you shared that analogy does the uh, the panning for gold one with with me um uh, in the past it's one that really resonated um for sure um and i know personally i got to many little gems of gold i, I have them noted in a notebook and circled and underlined yeah, very good um but but it's it's i often think it's fascinating how even say for me someone who's not a novice when it comes to self-awareness or identity or you know i'm not a counselor but you know i'm in a similar field um where we cannot see ourselves we don't have the objectivity uh, to view ourselves and i know one of the analogies i would use is that you know my work with you just helped in in polishing the lens as it were so that i yes. could see more clearly yeah um, looking in the mirror or looking back um looking back at myself mm. I think one of the things James is too, and and I think this is sometimes maybe what makes therapy uh, um, unpalatable for people, or or people shy away from it is 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 that we can there's a sense of overcomplicating things sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, going to a psychotherapist, going mm -hmm. to a psychologist, going to a, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's two people in a room, one person is telling their story. The other person is listening in a in a non. I've seen I've seen therapy described once as a professional intimacy between two people, mm -hmm. and I thought it was a, it was a beautiful beautiful description. And the what I was coming to was is that we overcomplicate this and we think it's some kind of highfalutin whatever mm -hmm. type of approach. It's not. It's it's meeting somebody just where they're at. You know, I, I could have a client who comes in who's in her or in his seventies, or I've had clients up in, in, in into their eighties coming with something, and you've have a person then in their twenties who's coming with something, mm -hmm. or their thirties, or their forties, a mother or father or whatever it may be, and it's about it's just about meeting them where they're at. There's no, I, I, I'm <laughs> I make some enemies here, but I'm, I'm not a fan of CBT. Uh, I see its purpose. I, I mm -hmm. see it has. I see it has a place, most definitely. But you can't apply the same approach to everyone. 
that's mm. that's the thing it's because everyone is an individual and and everyone has their own heart and everyone mm. has their own space and everyone has their their own understanding of themselves so you can't apply the same things to yes yeah would you that, agree uh, yeah that sits with my approach when i'm working with clients and that you know i'll always say to them at the outset you know two things primarily one they're the experts on being themselves you know and no one knows their setup better than they do um, and then secondly, that we're always doing our best. Yes. Um, and oftentimes, certainly in my work with clients, I'll, I'll say to them that what we're really trying to do here is, is just to broaden and deepen your definition of best. You know, and sometimes the irony of that is, is that they realize less is actually more, you know, less doing and more being. Um, If I go down that road, I'm I'm sticking my hand up to say, yes, that's me too. Um, But the... but, but I do agree with you on that one, Des. There is no one size fits all. And I often find, you know, there, there's that other, I suppose, flippant phrase that goes, um, you know, for, for the person with only a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. Mm. Um, you know, where it's, it's, not, it's not as simple as one size fits no. all. But at the same time, I think at our core, we just want to be listened to and we want to be understood and one of the big benefits I found from working with you, and I alluded to it at the outset, was your patience and listening and understanding and almost being a sounding board where I could get all of the stuff that was going on inside and spew it out. And I view that sticking with your analogy of, you know, panning for gold, that was a lot of the dirt and whatever that sort of was spewed yes. out. Yeah. Um, and then to, to see what's, what's valuable within all of that, or, or perhaps more importantly, to see what I had discounted in all of that or ignored in all of that. So yeah. one, of the, one, one of the little lines that always stays with me is that um, if the difficulty lies within us, mm. the solution also lies within us. Yes. We get so lost in the darkness. We get so lost in the, it's like, it's like um, I worked in, in retail for that telecommunications company mm-hmm. for many years. And you could have a day of the most kind, funny um, people coming to you for, for, for phones and stuff and things. And all it would take is one person, one person to make one remark. And, I, and I've heard many people say this and everyone forgets about all of the goodness of the the Jameses that came in or the Deses that came in or whoever came into the store that day and were really polite and nice. And we, and we, and we focus completely then on, Oh God, why did they say that to me? Why did they pick on me? You know, and we do, we, we forget that if the, I say it again, because I think it's, it always, this always helps me if the difficulty lies within us or the, the solution lies within us and to, we, sh- we should honor ourselves enough to gravitate towards the light as opposed to give the dark its, uh, its power. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. 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 It is true. It is funny that though, isn't it? That we all do the same thing. Mm. We ignore all the positive feedback. We gravitate yeah. to the one that was maybe something different. I, I don't know why we do that, <laughs> but I suppose yeah. if at least if we're alert to it, I mean, that brings yes. us into the territory <clears throat> of, the, of the, you know, the dark wolf and the light wolf, which I know we spoke yes. about and I shared, yes. I shared recently again. And oh, that's beautiful, and I, James. That's a beautiful analogy. Would, would yeah. you mind just, 
Would you? Would you? Because you you say it much better than oh, I do. Oh gosh, I know, I know. You're <laughs> going to put me on the spot now. I know, I know. When I shared it on social media, I read it out. But the, oh, um, okay. Uh, you, don't, you don't have to read it out yet. I'm sure. You but can. I know. But I'll, I'll I'll do my best at abridging it. But I think if you if if anyone listening just goes into well one my Instagram feed, you'll see it on up. But also, um, if you just Google dark wolf or light wolf, you'll get the, the proper description of it. But it's about this young grandson, I think it was, speaking to a, a tribal elder. And um, the, the tribal elder says to the grandson, you know, there's, um, there's two wolves inside, one dark one, one light. The, the dark one is anger and fear and ego and uh, jealousy and envy. You know, and the light one is love and kindness and compassion and empathy. And the, and the little child asks the elder, you know, well, which one wins the battle inside you? And the, the elder says, whichever one you feed. Um, and, and I had come across that one before, Des, but you had, you, you had, you had shared it in one of our conversations. And yeah. my aha moment around that was that, it's not a neutral game here that if I'm not feeding the, the light wolf, um, the dark one will, will rise up and consume me. And uh, it Absolutely. might sound like a dramatic analogy, but it was like, this is, I cannot be inert with this. I have to put positive action into uh, yeah. feeding the light within me as it were. And, and that brings us beautifully into something else I want to, I want to pick your brain on um, um, is, is your own routines around wellness or self-care. You know, that old analogy does of, of putting your own oxygen mask on first, because I do think that's so important when we're in this um, field, this healing field. Um, and, um, uh, and particularly at this time as well with everything that's going on in the world talk me through what you do in that area is there anything any little practices or routines that 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 serve you okay well one of the i suppose one of the difficulties that i found when i when i became a therapist was was hearing the stories and 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 not and always taking them away with me Mm. um, at the end of a session um and and this is also a, a little life lesson one as well. So I'm not just a, this. This what I'm explaining here is not just specific to therapy. This is mm-hmm. what somebody can use themselves in their day, whether that be a mom or dad, a, a teacher, or whoever, whoever in whatever profession, whatever walk of life anyone is in. So I used to leave this room here, and I would go in, and I would. I would go over in my head and it's back to the old chestnut of, you know, self-criticism and stuff. Mm-hmm. Did I do enough? Yes. Did I say enough? Um, should, I shouldn't have said that when she said that. Maybe I should have said this and so on. So I sat down one day and I just thought to myself, do I give everything that I can give in those moments when I'm working with somebody? And my honest answer was, yes, I give 200%. Because as, as you said in your introduction to me, you know, I've, I, I moved my my passion into being my profession, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and it is my passion. This, this is more to me than just a job. This yeah. is much, much more to me. So I, I said to myself, I give 200% in this room. So when I step out, there's nothing more I can do. Mm-hmm. There really isn't. If I've given all that I feel, and, and look, if I make an error or a slight a word here or there, it, that's human. 
that's 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 the mm. learning not just for me but please god and the other person sitting in the chair is seeing the realness of me so so essentially there mm. are no errors because i'm doing my best you know so, yeah. so 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 that for me when i step out of here is i've done my best um it i think mm. it's the you know that book by ruez the the four agreements um the fourth oh, agreement yes. is um if i have it handy the fourth agreement is always do your best uh, your best is going to change from moment to moment. Yes. It would be different when you are healthy as opposed to sick. Under any circumstance, simply do your best and you will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse and regret. And that's yeah. been my biggest, biggest thing to be able to say, James, I've done my best. Yeah. I've done my best for you. I've done my best for whoever sits in this room. And that's, that's enough, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you on that one. I'd forgotten that that was one of the four agreements. The mm. one that I always seem to remember with the four agreements is don't take it personally. Personally, yes. <laughs> nothing others do. Uh, nothing others do is because of you. What others yeah. say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. When you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. Yes. That one. That's yes. a beauty. It really no wonder, is. No wonder that book is a classic. I mean, it's, oh, it's so, a classic. Yeah. It's so uh, how would I say, it? it's distilled wisdom within it. I, I Completely. must get it down off the shelves again. Yeah. Um, yeah. I but sorry, I, that, to answer point. your question, that, that's mm -hmm. a biggie for me, how I protect my, my uh, mental health, I suppose, and, and, and my self-care. Um, another one then is, is making sure that I have activities in my life that are physical activities. Mm -hmm. You know, physical activity is movement. Movement is psychological movement. You know, walking. Um, I, I do quite a bit of cycling. I do cycling with my son when he's mm -hmm. home. When he's home, he lives in Austria. And um, that to me is precious. Um, uh, just, I have two dogs. Um, I spend time walking them. They've, our children have left home now. So, so uh, the dogs are our children <laughs> and, uh, and, and all of that, those, and, and, and you will also find as well that, that, that and you know this from, you, you have a, a beautiful pet yourself, mm. is that, that animals bring so much, so much into a home, whether it's a cat, a dog, whatever it may be. Uh, it's and it's it's the one I love. It's unconditional love. I was you just know? going to say it, Des. You yeah. said it before I did. They bring unconditional love into that. You know, so yeah. all of that is for me is is precious. Mm. Is really precious. Yeah, I know that's lovely. I am um, what I, I you know. Oftentimes, when we think of the self care piece and well being, it's like exercises or you mm. know uh, yoga, whatever. And um, but but I love how you've emphasized acknowledging that you're doing your best because yes. as I'm hearing that. I say that so frequently to clients because I mentioned it there. I said it to them at the outset, you know, you're always doing your best and your best will change. I must have absorbed one of those four agreements if I'm sharing <laughs> that with clients. Totally, but, totally. But I would have to say, Des, I rarely acknowledge that within myself. Really? Rarely. rarely. Okay. I would rarely acknowledge that that got my best. I mean, I okay. know it does get my best because I'm very clear on setting my intention at the outset, but... Mm. But rarely would I close the loop and acknowledge that, you know, I might sort of say, well, that sort of went well, but but it would be closely followed by, well, next time this is how I would do it differently, which I suppose is is the, is the softer way of giving myself mm. feedback. But No, that's good, too. That's mm. healthy, too, as well. But mm. it, it's, it's, you know, it's a societal thing. It's a it's we are our own worst critics. Um, we are we're the first one to 
to jump on the bandwagon and criticize ourselves. And my mm-hmm. again taking it back to those my core principles is that, and this is my old chestnut that I always keep saying to clients, which is at the core of everything that I do. The most important relationship, I'll pick you, James, the most important relationship in your life is not the relationship with your partner or the relationship with your with your parents or your siblings. The most important relationship that drives everything is the relationship you have with yourself. Mm-hmm. And that sounds cliched and it sounds mm. a bit, mm, but it's the truth, because if, if, if you are good with you, just think of a day where you've been off with yourself. Well, then you might just be a little bit off with your partner. Or you might be a little bit off in when you go into a shop or you might be a little bit off. So everything is fed by you. I remember some a, a guy, a yogi guy, once saying to me, um, you know, the, the person we wake with in the morning, the first person you open your eyes with is you. Mm. The last person you, 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 you go to sleep with at night, regardless of who's beside you or who's in the room with you, is you. So the powerhouse of who you are emanates from you. Mm. It's, and, and we forget that too as well. So, so, so it's so, so, so important to cherish who we are and to, and to appreciate who we are. Myself and my daughter, I mean to tell you this, have a funny kind of saying. Uh, Amy is just an amazing, mm-hmm. an amazing girl, as my son Aaron is an amazing, amazing mm-hmm. man. But, but there's a saying that I would have grown up with, um, and it would have been that self-praise is no praise. Mm-hmm. And myself and Amy have a saying, we changed it and we made it self-praise is the only praise that matters. Wow. So when Amy's getting ready to go out when she was living here, and I'd say, well, of course, as a father, I say, are you really wearing that? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, I would say, Amy, you're looking well. And she'd go, I know. Mm-hmm. But I'm so proud of her. And it's, there's no arrogance in that, Jim. But we're it's just we've honest. Been, yeah. it's just, no, no, but we've been, conditioned, we've been conditioned to think yeah. that if we accept a compliment or if, we're, if, we, um, if we dare, if we dare to even feel good about ourselves, that that's wrong. Mm. It's not, James, is it? Mm-hmm. No, I love, I love that. I, I love that, you know, self-praise is the only praise that matters, mm. um, um, which balances it out. Um, I'm also, you know, one of the things that I have found for myself in the last six months, and you've certainly been a huge assistance with this, Des, is the um, the enhanced or the transformed relationship with myself. Um, yeah. I know, I know for me, I've always felt that, you know, I have quite a, how would I describe, sometimes I describe it as like a bit of a steel backbone, like I know I, I'm quite strong on the inside. and. Sure. And I know I can face and manage most things as, I, as I've always done. Um, but, but with that sort of steel back, backbone um, has now been added a, a gentleness um, to it, which perhaps wasn't there before, um, which, which makes life easier in some regards for me. Sure. Which, and I would often phrase it in, in, in the way, you know, that old phrase, like where we're our own worst enemies, which I think echoes what you were just saying. Um, um, whereas we're, you know, I, I, I'm sort of, I, I'd say I'm nearly there, you know, where I would say I, I'm no longer my own worst enemy. I'm probably my own best friend at this stage. Um, I know you are. I know you are. Yeah. I can hear it in you. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's there. And, um, and that's, 
that's a tremendous gift. You know, that, that, that was a nugget of gold to go back to your, your earlier analogy there. Now, okay, here we are, two men speaking about mental health and well-being. Um, I'm not sure if too many of these conversations would have taken place 10 or 20 years ago, but, but I think it's great. And I think it's great that there's more of these conversations happening. And I'm delighted to to have this conversation on the on the podcast as well. So, uh, you know, I've no doubt there's that you're an advocate for more open discussion and conversation in this area, uh, particularly with us men. Yeah, absolutely. But I suppose, and this is where this is what saddens me um, a little bit, um, and it is that that men still are not engaging um, enough. Um, I, I, the, my client base, um, over a week, I just looked at before, actually, before we, we came online to do this and 80% of my clients, and on, and I looked back onto some weeks, 90% of my clients are female. Wow. And, and I was, and I thought maybe that's just particular to me. You know, we can say that we, mm. we, we attract in the, you know, uh, the, the, the client base or whatever, mm-hmm. or maybe maybe some maybe more women have come to 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 see me, and that's they've referred yes. other people on and stuff, and and that's a fair comment. But I was speaking to some other therapists um, just in advance of, of our conversation, and uh, the two I spoke to said the same thing that uh, that they're that it's much more filled with with a female client than the base than it is with with male. Um, we have moved on, James. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. And 20 years ago, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation 20 years ago or 30 no. years ago, or we, we might be having it over a pint as opposed to having it publicly. You know, <laughs> yes, so. and having had a few pints, probably. A few pints, yes, <laughs> yes. And I'd be, I'd be shouldering you home or back yeah. to, the, uh, to your taxi or car. Or, well, not to your car, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely improved. But there's still a lot of work that that needs to be done there and yeah. a lot more awareness around the value of it. Um, what I'm seeing more of as well, that, that female clients who are in relationships are encouraging their, their partners mm-hmm. to, uh, to, to take that, that step to, in order to speak to somebody. And it's, um, I hope I hope that improves, and 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 people like yourself, and and please God, people like myself, uh, will always be advocates for for that. And I am, and there's there's nothing more beneficial than than a conversation to to clear the air. And yeah. what I find is particularly maybe well, I suppose it applies across the the gender, but you know, we we become prisoners in our own heads, yeah. and 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 we dissect, and we. Um, but we dissected from a place of self-blame and self-negativity. And I suppose that the, the, the man is seen as somebody who still stereotypically that should be getting on with stuff. And mm-hmm. He shouldn't be kind of lingering on this type of crap, you know, <clears throat> but yeah, but, it's like just, yeah, just ignore it and keep going. Keep going. Um, yeah. Um, um, I, I know for me, and and as I say, I'm you know I know different therapists, and I'm in a healing type profession myself. And there's not an alternative therapy out there that I've not done this in the last twenty years. Um, but I know when it came to to reaching out to you, there was still anxiousness and nervousness mm. on my part. And um, you know, if I'm being brutally frank here, because we had maybe connected before, I was running a, a concern that my goodness, you know, 
um, you know, someone from the outside looking in could see me as someone who maybe should have things together and more on top of stuff. And, you know, there was, for, for me, and I mean, I know this from doing stuff with lack of worthiness with clients over the years, there's always the underlying uh, belief that other people will be judging me negatively, which of course is just um, a thought pattern. But for me, it came down to the to the reserves of courage that I have or I could find that allowed me to be vulnerable. Yes. Um, and and I'd heard the phrase before, Des, that there is huge strength in vulnerability, but uh, or huge power in vulnerability. Um, but I, I hadn't really experienced it up until up until that point earlier in the year, because if if we're looking to progress forward, if we're looking for change with anything, um, uh, f- for me, vulnerability is the is the gateway. You know, it's like here's yeah. the cards on the table. Let's look at what we're dealing with and let's see what ones we're bringing back or what ones we're putting to one side, whatever way we phrase it. And 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 that married with someone, and and I don't know if it's a real male quality, but I'll only speak for myself with this, with the, yeah. with the need for control, um, yeah. and the reluctance to relinquish control. No, you're you're spot on in what you say, and mm-hmm. and, and also it it is too as well. There's there's a cynicism that's there, like in. Look, how can talking to some random stranger mm-hmm. actually make a difference? You know, and that's and, and I suppose how, how can I answer that if somebody asks if, if 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 I pose that question back to myself? When you come, I've I've a friend who calls um, who says that there's there's two types of therapy. There's there's kitchen table therapy, mm-hmm. and there is professional therapy and kitchen table therapy is the beautiful connection between two friends who can sit down and have a conversation whether it's over a glass of wine over a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and can share something and that is incredibly healthy and incredibly Mm. important Um, and and that's something that's so vital but in order for that to be moved uh, progressed forward past it just being merely the conversation what the therapist does is it's the very same thing I listen I listen to what the story is and then, as we said earlier, it's about reflecting back, well, you're looking at it this way, but there is a possibility that the way you're looking at it is not the way that you're looking at it for what's the best mm-hmm. for you, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the difference. And it's, yeah. so it's not just purely about coming and talking. Um, I have a proactive role, you know, yes. um, I, I'm not passive in this. They call, and, and I think therapy might be, have been seen for a long time as just active listening, mm-hmm. you know, and, and as we start as junior therapists, because we're, we don't have that experience, it is about active listening. But as I grow as a therapist, and the only way I grow as a therapist is through my clients mm-hmm. and understanding them and listening to them and then having the courage uh, to be able to say, well, have you thought of it this way? Yeah, have you yeah. looked at it this way? And and I think if more men in particular understood that, that that's the process, that's the, I suppose men are more in the sense of, I suppose that's why so many of those men's sheds for, for, yes. for I suppose, have, have cropped up around the country, is that if men can see the nuts and bolts of it, that there's a practicalness to this. It's not just about going in and crying. Yeah. Uh, it's not about just you know it th- there's actual there's an actual working mechanism here mm. I, I think if we got what, what do you think james if we got that across I, do you think I, would that help i i agree i agree i i know with my first-hand experience of working with yourself is that there was times when you offered perspectives to me that blew my mind 
And it was like, that is so obvious, but I could never see it. And I couldn't see it for the last 30 plus years. And, you know, it's, and then it's like, it was just like the ripple effects from that. It was like, I don't know whether that's an aha moment, you know, to the power of 10, I, I, I don't know, or, or a nugget of gold or diamond even. But, True. but for me, it, it, it and, and I think that that can only come when there has been the empathy and the acceptance and the non-judgment, because I know then that you're offering me something from a place of real understanding. It's not just throwing out something there to see if something will stick. It's like, no, this was a laser beam that you've offered back and it, it sort of shattered um, so many habits of fear-based thinking. Because I remember at the outset when, when, when we were starting to work together, I had said to you, Des, what I'm really looking to do is, is to bring to the surface fear-based thinking that I know is there, but I'm not quite sure exactly what it is. And, um, and, and, and when we worked together, it, I felt it was a real, there was a real synergy there. You know, it wasn't just one plus one equals two. It was one plus one plus powers from elsewhere made of mm. 22. I don't know. Um, 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 it, it's hard to describe. And I remember saying that to, to someone else that I had worked with um, in the past as well. It's very difficult to verbalize the benefits of any sort of healing practice, including psychotherapy, because it's so personal to the individual. We're not necessarily dealing with rational and logical things. If we were, they'd be resolved, which I think is one of the reasons why men are reluctant to go into it, because you cannot control the process, even though there's a process there. Um, and uh, an element of trust is required with it. Um, but therefore, it cannot be prescriptive. You know, and that would be no different this, than say someone coming to me and James, what will I get from a coaching session with you? You know, I don't know how to answer that question because every client is different. I'm sure you Absolutely. felt the same with that one too, Des. Totally. Yeah. It depends totally. on the ingredients that are at play. Yeah. Absolutely. God, Des, I, I'm keeping an eye on the time because we could be we could be chatting here. This could go on for as one of our, our therapy sessions. Um, let me change tack here uh, a little because I, I know, you know, at the outset, you were saying that you've moved from telecoms into doing what you're doing, which was aligning with gifts that, you know, that you all always had there. And um, I know there will be people tuning in who, uh, from their own perspective and from having, you know, maybe experienced 18 months of a, of a reassessment of what's important to them, are perhaps looking to, to lean towards turning their own passion into their profession. You know, is, for, for someone who has, has taken that leap, um, uh, Des, any tips or advice that you might offer them? Yes. Um, it's, I, that's, as you described it there, it's, it's often seen as being that the person or the individual has to take this giant leap into this world that is either different to their own mm. or a different per different career or a different and and that in itself is daunting and the way i did yes. it was i i continued to work and i trained uh, and i don't know how practical that is i know when someone is is a busy parent or a, a working mm. mom or dad it's, it's not necessarily that easy but i was i live in longford so my work was in dublin um i i worked it at my training was was in dublin on the weekends so yeah i drove monday to friday 
uh, with my work and then I returned up then on every, I think it was every second or third weekend then to do the training. Um, and that mm-hmm. was a commitment. And there is a commitment necessary, but it doesn't have to be either or. Um, it's like mm-hmm. anything. It's, it's If you incorporate it gently into your life, whether that's fitness, whether that's reading a book, whether that's doing anything or taking on um, extra uh, extra educational stuff, yes. um, incorporate it in gently and and fit it in. Don't just lob it in on top of everything else. Just see if it, make it practical and make it workable. Um, but the key for me was uh, that it was my passion and it yes. was something that I, that I, it wasn't work to me. Yes. So me having to get back in my car and drive back to Dublin on a Saturday and a Sunday, it was okay. It was yeah. fine because it was that my, I was invested in it. My heart was in it and my mind was in it. Everything was in it for me. So, so I would just say to, and to answer your question is, you know, it doesn't have to be either or, you know, you, you can take small steps in it by, by doing maybe something uh, or taking on a, a kind of a taster course in something, mm. or uh, you can go to a seminar with, to where somebody is selling the product that you are interested in, or a speaker that you're interested in, and that's that's not a big commitment. That's it, that's giving your that's yeah. honouring yourself. Sorry, yeah, Jennifer, and just just creating a bit of space for it. Is yes, really. Yes, yeah. yeah, and and allowing a bit of energy to flow into it. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't have to be either or. Like I have mm. to leave my job in order to do. Yeah, in some cases people do because it, it, it's a requirement. My advice would be is always to is to tread carefully and just do incorporate it into your life, mm-hmm. um, just gently, and and then it's more enjoyable. Mm, mm. yeah sound advice now Des I know I started with this and I'll emphasize it again but you know I do think you have a real gift for what it is you do Um, um, and I think that's evidenced even in our chat here as well because you've been so generous with your with your insights and and I'm sort of having to try to remember to 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 keep the structure of this podcast going (laughs) that's my fault James not yours that's my fault sorry (laughs) not at all um Tell me, what do you enjoy most about what it is that you do? That's a great question. Um, I enjoy, I enjoy that moment when when somebody new is coming along. You know, you asked that question about how earlier, like you know, maybe how you know with people and and that reluctance to you know yeah. to to engage in it and stuff. If if I could speak to the world, to everybody who might ever want therapy. I'm actually excited about you, whoever you are listening right now, of coming along to see me. I'm excited about it. Um, and I, wh- whew, that's a great question. You've blown me away with that one. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I'm excited about it. I enjoy it. It's my passion. Uh, one of the things that I do that's a little bit different to other therapists is when somebody comes to me, the first session is done, but I do not book anybody in after the first session. Mm-hmm. The reason is that it allows them time and space to decide if I'm the right person to help them. So I'm respecting their decision-making process. There isn't an immediate pop them in the diary and they're in yes. for the next four or five weeks. Um, I think that's important. And that means a lot to me to be able to give, uh, I like to think that when someone is sitting in front of me, is that, 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 that the gift that I'm giving them is that I want to treat them the way I would like to be treated if I was sitting in someone's chair. Yes. Respect, non-judgmental. That person sitting opposite me wants me to be there. I'm not just there for my money. I'm there yeah. because, because, because this person wants to help me. Yeah. 
Yeah. Does, and, does that, uh, does that answer what you asked? Sorry, no, because that was a brilliant no, question, it's, James. It's, Thank you. <laughs> but this, I'm only getting my own back on you, Des. I, <laughs> I, I have to ask you a question that dumbfounds you because I've, I've, had, I've been on the receiving end of many. But Fair play. I think what you, were, what you were saying there, of course, goes back to, you know, being of genuine service uh, to people. But it reminds me of a quote I only saw yesterday, and I don't know if I'll be able to... To, to recall it, I think it was a new one of Oprah's and and it was something like, you know, only surround yourself with people um, who would be as happy for, for your success as you are for your success. Beautiful. And what you've said reminds me of that. Whereas you, you're, and I know this to be true, you know, you're as happy for the client who has the breakthrough as the client is for themselves. Completely. 120% change. Yeah. yeah. And just that lovely line that you mentioned there that actually has come up recently in some of my client work is that someone will come in with that super critical voice of themselves Mm -hmm. and then they'll talk about, you know, say their, their partner is good with them and their brother and sister are good with them or or they're good with their mam, or they have yeah. a really good circle of friends. And then I'll, I'll kind of post a question and say, hmm, and you're such a bad person. And they'll go, yeah, I'm, 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 oh, I'm just awful. But, but how, tell me, tell, explain to me why, why you're surrounded by so many good people. Yeah. And they, it was happened with a lady yesterday and she just stopped. So I never looked at it that way. I always yeah. thought, I always thought that, that I, I saw lack as, as instead of more. Yeah, you know, yeah, she's surrounded yeah. by by so much goodness, and it's exactly your your quote there, James. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think I know. For me, one of one of my other aha moments in in the last six months, days, you know, in in our conversations was, um, and and it, it's funny because it loops back to what you were saying earlier about you know we'll remember the 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 bad piece of feedback or the difficult customer ignoring the hundred you know that were fantastic. Mm. Um, the same thing happens, uh, you know, internally, I think, whereas, you know, I'll judge myself based on my worst days or my yeah. or, or, or on the negative critical thinking that I'll do. Whereas in reality, that's the exception to the rule. But that's the prism through which I viewed myself. Yes. Whereas, of course, no one else sees that. No. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, gosh, I'm every time I'm chatting to you in whatever context, <laughs> where's that green notebook of mine that I keep my aha moments in? And we're going to move towards closing, um, Des. And as I, as I do with all my guests, we've this, I won't quite call it the quick fire round, but there's a mm. few closing questions that I always think, um, bring a conversation to, um, to an end in a, in, in a good way. Tell me, what's your most cherished possession? My most cherished possession, <laughs> this sounds funny, is my bike. Right. Um, and because I, I love, like, I, I, I love, I'm a social person too, but I'm, as, as I said at the outset, I'm, I'm an only child. So I love just going out on the bike and just heading off for a cycle. Um, I, uh, my son was laughing there last week. I, I met some random guy as I was cycling down the hill a few weeks ago and we waved. Mm-hmm. And uh, I cycled on, and then as I came on to the, this is a greenway, it's called um, where a cycleway here in Longford, and it's, oh, yes. it's connected. You know, it's connected all through the country. And I met the same guy, and he said, "I see, make let you again." And I said, "Yeah." And he says, "Do you want to go for a coffee?" And because what they've done, they've opened one of these portable. 
you know, kind of horse box things, oh, yes, um, yeah, you know, yeah, on, yeah. on the route, you know. And we cycled and we chatted and we stopped and uh, we had a coffee and he went on his way and then I went on my way. And so so my the bicycle has been my therapy, my way of getting out, my way of of um, spending some just some quality time mm-hmm. alone. And then m- my son Aaron bought a drone um, there at Christmas, and um, and I thought that's a you know I, I I grew up in the time of you know train sets and yes. uh, all of that stuff, and I, I bought a, a, a little one for myself. So I bring that on the bike with me, and if I'm it's in a quiet area, I just put it up, take some pictures. Um, take some of the scene and it's it's exciting and it's fun and they're yeah. they're two things that have brought a lot of joy to my life it's just been yeah. out for a cycle and being able to take some photographs yeah and of course you share and i should have mentioned this sooner of course you share those photos plus so many great inspiring and insightful quotes as well on social media yeah um, Des and I know I, I follow you um, I would encourage anyone who's listening to follow Des as well on Instagram it's Des.Canning and it's Des Canning as well on Facebook they're the main two platforms you're on and of course there's also the the, the website as well DesCanning.com so easily found Des um, thank you James easily, easily connectable tell me what inspires you what inspires me? My family inspire mm-hmm. me. Uh, my friends inspire me. Um, my clients inspire me. Uh, people inspire me. Um, we would have had, um, they haven't called now for a long time, but we would have, and, and I know it happens in, in many estates, Jehovah's Witnesses and people just walking yes. around uh, and they have their own belief. And I would always step out and I'd always have a chat. I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, religious or I'm not, um, and this would be a great debate between them and I, but I, I found them. I found people. Uh, I find people very interesting, and and people inspire me. Mm. And I like to see the best in people. Mm. I, I'm not naive in the sense of I'm not being under thinking. You know, if someone does is is rude to me, well, you know, that's not a very nice person. You know, um, but people as a rule inspire me, James. And yeah. um, they're my. They're. I've learned so much sitting in this room with people, and I learn every day. Yeah, yeah, and of course that that fascination with people is is a natural. How would I mm. say it? It's 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 a fuel for the work you do as well. Yeah, if you yeah. didn't have that, it would be shaky foundation. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, is there anything that you're currently reading, a book or a blog, or <laughs> and that you're particularly James, enjoying so, at the minute? I'm so lazy at this. Um, I have a. a <laughs> I have a book, uh, a cabinet of books. And, and, and what I would do is I would, you might recommend a book and say, Des, this is really good. Yes. You should get this. And I'll do, I'll move heaven and earth to get the book. And I'll, read a cha- <laughs> I'll read a chapter and then it'll be nice, neatly put up on the shelf, you know. Um, I, I'm not, I, I'm not somebody who kind of goes, um, I suppose, I, I get little pieces that I like. And there's, yes. a, there's, a, po- there's a, po- a part of a poem the book is called The Ten Poems to Change Your Life. Okay. okay. And there's a poem in it. I'm not going to read you all of the poem, but this particular part I love. And it says, last night, as I was sleeping, I dreamt marvelous error that I had a beehive here in my heart and the golden bees were making white combs and sweet honey from my old failures. Isn't that beautiful? It's gorgeous. I've not come no. across that before. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, the book. That Ten is, Poems um, to Change Your Life, and that's one of is, the poems by... Is that by anyone, or is it just... Uh, it's by Antonio M-A-C-H-A-D-O. 
A-D-O, yeah. The book is the book itself is Ten Poems to Change Your Life by Roger Houtson, H-O-U-S-D-E. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, that's a beautiful image. I love I love something sweet being made from my old failures. Yeah. And I suppose the other one I really like then, James, is The Invitation by Orna Mountain Dreamer. Oh, um, yes, Orion Mountain Dreamer. Yes, I love yeah. her work and I haven't come across it before. So this would be a nice one to close with, Des. You know, yeah. the way I always close with, you know, a motto or a favourite quote. This might, Is this your one? Yes, it right. is. And this is, only, this is only a part of the actual piece mm. of the invitation. So I'm just going to read the last two paragraphs. Lovely, thank you. It doesn't interest me who you know or how you came to be here. I want to know if you will stand in the centre of the fire with me and not shirk back. It doesn't interest me where or what or with whom you have studied. I want to know what sustains you from the inside when all else falls away. I want to know if you can be alone with yourself and if you truly like the company you keep in those empty moments. Thank you, James. Oh. Thank you, Des. Um, that's powerful and and so spot on. I think it's so representative of the work that you do. It's I find that really meaningful hearing it um, uh, being said and sort of the invitation to step forward and show up. Um, uh, lo- yeah, lovely words. Um, and, and I know that's from the, the book, The Invitation by Oriah Menton Dreamer, which is a fantastic name. Um, yes. And I, I, I must, I, I'm the opposite of you, Des. I have the shelves of books. I suppose 90% of them I have you, read. You read yours. <laughs> 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 I'm reminded of those, you know, in the past, you know, do people get houses done up and they, they used to buy in the books to fill libraries, but they'd never yes. read them. And then they'd pay people to come in to turn the pages and to put bookmarks in to pretend that they actually oh, did Lord. read them. But anyway, back in the 1900s or whatever. But yeah. I, I have this three books by Orion Menton Dream with the invitation, the dance and the call. And they're all really powerful. And, and you've reminded me maybe to, to, reach, to reach for them again because you know, there's, you know, just because you've read something once doesn't mean you're not going to get something equally wonderful from it when you take it down again. So that's prompted me to do that. Um, but but a beautiful way to close, Des, and thank you for sharing that and that poem as well, um, which which certainly resonates to me, and I think people listening in will 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 take something from it as well. Let me let me remind people of how they can connect with you. So Des Canning, C A N I N G dot com is the website, and Des dot Canning on Instagram and Des Canning on Facebook as well. And, and I would encourage people to check out Des's work because he's such an insightful, wise person and, um, and shares great material uh, on social media. And, uh, and as I say, we've worked together in the past and it's, that work has been invaluable. Uh, so Des, thank you for your time and your generosity and your wisdom. I thoroughly enjoyed that conversation. I hope you did too. Um, I did, James. Um, thank you very much. Um, and, and, and I would like to think as well that people tuning in will, 
will, uh, will take something useful from it as well. So my thanks to Des for his time and his insights this week. That was a really great conversation. Um, I'm scribbling away some notes. I was scribbling notes as Des was speaking, so I'm going to go back over them myself um, and, um, and, and, and be clear on my own takeaways. So I'm James Sweetman. Thank you as ever for tuning in and for listening. If you have found this week's episode to be of benefit, uh, you might want to drop me a rating or a little comment or what's maybe more important is pass the details on to someone who you think might benefit from it as well. So my thanks again to Des and until next week. <laughs>